0: Welcome to the God centered concept. I am your host, T.S. Wright. Episode 15 The Process Step 1 God is. If I was to tell you the phrase God is, and then look at you and say, now fill in the blank afterwards, or blanks, what would you say? How would you respond to that? God is. We need to be able to do that. And that is the first step in the process of training. That is the first step in getting our mindset to train in the spirit. One of the things that I realized is that God kind of walked me down a path for about three years to get my mind right with him and to train me and to teach me what I'm basically going to teach you. You know, even Paul spent three years in training before he went full full out with starting to minister and to witness to people not that he didn't do that already but to really take to the next level he did train i've talked about that before but it's not just paul think about it the disciples they had that all that time with jesus and then after jesus left they received the power of the holy spirit but one of the characteristics that i see in all of the missions and the missionaries and all the all the ministries back in those early days and not just those guys but the ones that followed them they were able to get to a point where for them God is and then they could easily tell you who they thought God was and they could give that to you because they didn't just think it they knew it they would practiced it so much that it was just with them all the time you know think about that God is And then fill in the blank god is and fill in the blank can you do that over and over and over i mean if we go to the book of revelation chapter 3 and we start with verse 14 which this chapter 3 verse 14 through 22 is our foundation of this pro of the process that we have to walk through to connect to god and to hear his voice well think about this this is how it starts and it starts with who jesus is that's right so it says this to the angel of the church in laodicea write these are the words of the amen the faithful and true witness the originator of god's creation right there look at what we get we have four things we get jesus is the amen he's the faithful witness he's the true witness and he is the originator of god's creation and in essence it's calling god the creator because it says it's god's creation and since we know that Jesus submitted to the Father as he always spoke of that and then said the Father and I are one, all these pieces are part of who God is and we need to know them. If we don't know who God is, how can we witness for him? And we need to learn those pieces. See, the power of the Holy Spirit works, but it also works in a way of knowledge and we have to be willing to spend time with him. The more time we spend with him, the more he'll work in us. See, the Holy Spirit isn't just gonna completely force his way into your life. I'm not saying he won't do things to get your attention and he may do things to change the circumstances of your life at times to get you back on track. But eventually, if you keep ignoring him, he will, he'll just pull away. That's what eventually will happen. He'll just let the world swallow you because God wants you to love him back. He wants you to choose him. He wants you to bless him too. And see how we should never have that mindset of thinking, is God blessing me? No, we want to be a blessing to God. Don't worry about blessings to come into you and blessings to come to you from God, focus more on being a blessing for God that God can use, being that open vessel so God can use you to bless, to bless Him, to bless others, be that blessing. Okay, so that's kind of a end result of all of this and an end result of the thinking that you should eventually be adopting. If you're truly connecting with Him, that's how you want to think. So think of it this way. The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of God creation, those could all be used. God is the Amen. God is the faithful witness. God is the true witness. Can you answer those questions? If if I dive into the word of God, I should be able to pull those things out. So One thing that I do is I have a whole list that I read all the time. And I'm just gonna read off a few of these things. I have from the book of Revelation chapters one through five, I have a whole list of claims of Jesus, who he is. Here are a few examples. Him who is, and was, and is to come from the seven spirits before the throne. These are all, think of these as declarations of Jesus. Instead of having our declaration of independence, this is our declaration of Jesus that brings independence to our life, spiritual independence. The way, the truth, and the life, the one who holds a sharp double-edged sword, the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands, the lamb purchased by his blood for God, every tongue, tribe, and nation. Worthy as the Lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, honor, glory, and blessing. So those are just a few, and there's several of them. Do you embrace that? Are you willing to learn those? Are you willing to start processing those and speaking those every day? See, when I pray, I try to spend at some point during the day, I always want to spend at least a few minutes just declaring these. You know, one time I heard somebody say something about, declaring the voice of God, when we're in the middle of a battle, sometimes we have to shout, you know, the Israelites would do that. They would shout and they would shout almost not, not totally in desperation, but sometimes in a way desperation. But what they were doing is they were claiming the name of God over the situation. And then they were marching forward. So God would go before them, prepare the victory, do the things that they, he needed to do first in his spirit into this and inject that into the circumstance so that they would win then they would come up in some way, form or fashion. They would acknowledge God. They would attack. They would win. And then they would acknowledge God afterward. See, they could answer that question. God is, and they would shout it a lot of times. God is, or, you know, in some way that they would express it, it would be very similar to that. But in essence, what they were saying was, is they were declaring an attribute of God and declaring his name and his sovereignty over the situation and over everything. And then they would attack and then they would win. See, to win our battles, The first step we have to do is we have to know who God is so we can claim it. But if you don't know who he is, how are you going to claim it? You have to spend time with God to know this. You've got to spend time training. Knowing who God is, is everything. And it is the first step in this process. So we have to get past just basic acknowledgement. And acknowledgement really is the first step. It's acknowledging who God is. However, there's a, there's a, there's more depth in that. And there's more work than that, that involves us. We've got to spend time and we should be spending time every day with declaring who God is in our life and declaring who just God is. So, you know, we always talk about that identity thing and, and us embracing our own identity. Don't worry about your identity right now. I'll tell you what you worry about. You worry about who God is. You embrace that. The identity part will come. All right. And you'll declare those things later. You'll work on those things and, and they are a part of the training but the first step is knowing who God is. Let's start here. Revelation's chapters 1 through chapter 5 have all these declarations of Jesus. I've got those listed in my journal that I sell on Amazon. I've, we have to know who God is. Another thing that I do is I say the Hebrew names of God. I've got several of those listed. Here are some names for you. Yeshua, Yeshua Hamashiach, Jehovah, Emmanuel, Elohim, Allah, El Eloam, El Elole Israel, El Elyon. Elroy El Shaddai, Yahweh Yira, Yahweh Rafa, Yahweh Ra, Yahweh Ruah, Yahweh Nisi, Yahweh Mekedishim, Yahweh Tzedekinu. So those are just some and, and there's others as well. There's all kinds of different lists out there to do that and to be able to declare that. But I'm challenging you right here, right now, know the names of God, embrace them. You've got to be able to declare who God is. If you cannot declare who he is, all the rest of this doesn't matter because at the end of the day it's all about giving god the glory and it's all about god getting the glory he wants the glory and he deserves it he's the creator he's the owner he's the one in power to not acknowledge that he's the one in power is being a fool fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge it truly is fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge we've got to know that and which leads me into the second part now that we know who god is And we've got those pieces the next step here is fear of god we've got to embrace a healthy fear of god because if we don't then quite frankly we don't know who he is if i go again back we're going to keep reverting back to revelation chapter 3 which is the foundational part of the process of connecting to god and we go back he rebukes this church which is the church age we're living in now you say i am rich i've grown wealthy and need nothing But you do not realize that you are wretched pitiful poor blind and naked and then jesus says i counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich think about that so that you become rich if you read verse 17 and you read that first part of 18 there's a lot of emphasis and if you even dial it back to verse 16 so because you are lukewarm neither hot nor cold i'm about to vomit you out of my mouth that doesn't sound pleasant matter of fact that sounds like things aren't going to go well things are going to not turn out for the better I want you to think through that process i want you to think about that if you don't want to be experiencing the wrath of god you need to first of all realize that you need a healthy fear of him the bible tells us fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge and i'll list some bible passages for you with this but these phrases are used several times throughout the word of god fear God, fear the Lord. In some places where God's speaking, he says, fear me. Jesus speaks about it. It spoke about it in both the Old and New Testament, and it's roughly around 500 times. And I've seen different figures on that. I have not personally went through and counted it all myself, but I've seen it so much, and I've seen so many different references. It's going to be somewhere around 500 times. That is a lot. And I believe it is the most important attribute that you have in your relationship with God. You acknowledge who he is and then understand how powerful he is. And then there should be a, a real fear of him. And that will help you lead to the other pieces of this. Now, eventually, we don't want to be walking in, in what I call dead, frozen up fear where we can't do anything. But to give you a sense of how powerful God is, when God was speaking, speaking to Moses on that mountain. The people were fearful. They would not go up to him. They sent Moses. It was scary. And I'll put that Bible passage in the notes for you so you guys can read it. But the people were scared to death. I mean, it was dread. And they had seen what God could already do. They saw that when they were in Egypt. And now here they were at the base of the mountain and they're only getting a little, really a little trickle of God's power and they are shuddering with fear I mean they are gripped with it the Bible says God is a consuming fire says that in Deuteronomy says that in the book of Hebrews Paul talks about it he is a consuming fire Jesus says do not fear the one who can kill the body but fear the one who can kill the body and throw you into hell that's a strong statement and God Jesus is saying you need to fear that God there's some realization here that you need to have a healthy fear of God and again Fear is the beginning of knowledge wisdom and understanding if we have a healthy fear of god and we're submitted to him then he can give us the other pieces we need in this process but without that acknowledgement remember answering god is and then number two having that healthy fear of God, we can't move forward. These are the first steps of training, acknowledging who he is. And as you knowledge and learn more about who he is, you should be fearing him. There should be a healthy fear and you need to develop that with him. God wants you to bow down to him. I mean, think about it. Why do you bow down to him? You fear his wrath. I mean, because you have no control in the situation. You are a vessel for him to use as he chooses. You don't get to control that. He's already subject man's flesh to die. He has and he cut those years to 120 eventually you will succumb to God's authority in one way or another God's authority over you is real his wrath is real we need to have a healthy perspective of that I'm not saying we totally live just in that realm we're not going to just be firing brimstone all the time but there does need to be some of it because we need the total picture we need to understand the power of God we need to understand his power over us and we need to submit to that it's not about in life you finding, out, finding who you are and becoming that. That's not this whole self-actualization type of thinking. It's about submitting to God and letting him lead you the way he chooses to. That really should be your focus in life. He'll, he'll clear out the other avenues. He'll show you where he wants you to go. He'll show you what he wants you to do. He'll direct your paths. But you have to acknowledge this and you have to surrender to it. So there's a acknowledgment part of who God is. There's a surrendering to his power, which helps us draw that healthy fear that we absolutely need to walk with him. And then, here we go, as we do that, it can help us to actually walk through this process in Revelation. It will help us understand why purity is important. It'll help us understand why our actions are so reflective of God. They truly are. How we act, what we say, what we do, They are truly reflective of God. I mean, I'll go back. I've used this a couple of times in these episodes. If you're married, how are you treating your spouse? A lot of times that's a reflection of what you think about God. It may mean you need to step away from your spouse for a little time. I'm not talking about leaving the house or going chasing other relationships. That's not what I'm saying at all. What it may mean is that you need a few days of separation and you need to get reconnected with the source that tells you how to treat that person correctly. If you're struggling with your parenting skills and parenting, step away for just as much as you can. Focus on your relationship with God. He'll clear your thinking. He'll get you there. But you need a dose of truth and you need that truth with just you and him. It's not about going out here on the mountaintop and having 500 conversations with 500 people. You can talk to a million people and you're not going to get the same level of encouragement. You're not going to get the same level of knowledge. You're not going to get the same level of counseling. I don't care if you have the top 100 counselors in the world. The Holy Spirit outranks all of them. He will counsel you better than anybody else ever could. No one else can think like him. They can't, no counselor, no person can see 10 years down the road unless God gives him the vision to see that. And that's only if God chooses to give it. See, it all comes from God. And we need to understand that. We need to acknowledge that. We've got to embrace that. Every aspect comes from God. There's not a thing in your life that does not belong to him. And we not only need to acknowledge who God is, but we need to surrender and have that fear of him and understand he gets it all. It's all his. I mean, think about it. Why did he have man die in his flesh? Because he wanted the spirit to belong to him. And he didn't want man to have any type of say over that because he saw the evilness in their heart. And he saw that they couldn't eat from the tree of life. He didn't want them to have eternal life separate from his power because ultimately he knew his power was best anyway. Think about that. When Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, they messed up. Big time. But there's also some other aspects of this going on. I mean, we go back to Genesis 3. He removes them. He doesn't want them eaten from the tree of life without the proper perspective. And to truly have the tree of life and for it to completely impact us, we've got to be separate from this evil flesh of ours. We do. And that's why Paul says we have to walk in the spirit so you can taste the tree of life and you will taste that God is good but your flesh needs to have a healthy fear of that so it can get out of the way so that you can walk in the spirit and that's really the purpose of it. See, the fear of God is what gets you out of your flesh and it gets you into thinking in the spirit. Eventually, what will happen as a through this process down the road is that you won't have this gripping fear of him, but it, you will walk in obedience because you know where what you can get back to. When you're living in the flesh, you should feel very fearful, you should. There should be some fear because it's like, I'm not connecting with God. I'm not walking in him. You know what? I got to be careful. He'll just give me over to my lust. It says that in Romans chapter one, he'll just give you over to your lust. He'll just let you do it. You might even hear him say yes, because you know what? He knows your heart's so focused on it anyway. You're not going to give up until you do this thing. So it's like, okay, go, you know, think about it. You've been a parent. Some of you've been parents. You've been eventually just have to let the kid go. I mean, they won't stop. There's nothing you can do. You know, God gives you freedom of choice. He does. That's the hard part here. That's, that's kind of that. That's really where the rubber meets the road is that he's giving you that freedom of choice. And so that's where, that's why bad things happen. Somebody wants to ask why do bad things happen to quote good people. Well, sometimes that's, it's because we have a, the wrong perspective of God and we have the wrong perspective of life as a result. And we think we're the owners that's when we get that bad perspective or that i'll say that wrong perspective but when we realize that god is the owner and we're not and the closer we get to god we start realizing how evil our flesh is we realize there is not any person in their flesh that's good we realize that and then when we realize that then it's easier to understand why do bad things happen to good people okay that's just a little side thing that some people ask that i just threw out there here on the side of this but in your processing i want you to think about this how surrendered are you to god because i will tell you he will give you over to your lusts we'll eventually get into that i'll get a. we'll get into some depth with that but you want to be careful again it goes back to episode 3 the attachment principle. If you're sitting there attaching yourself to the wrong things, eventually God will just say, Okay, go. He'll just let you have it. And guess what? He'll also let the bad result be upon you. He won't be involved in it. He'll just pull his hands away and let you have it. And then you go down a road, it all seems good and it goes great for a long time and then boom. And then you turn around and look and you're miles from God. And now you're screaming for him. Just like a newborn infant needing that spiritual milk again. See, we don't want him to keep returning to the milk. I don't want to continue to keep coming back to rebirth every time we need some re- times of renewal i get it but we don't want that to be a constant and i certainly don't want to be so far down the pathway simply because i didn't take the time to train and equip myself for the things that god has here for me to use to stay connected to him and it all starts right here again with that healthy fear of god that and it's and that fear leads us to total surrender we've got to be totally surrendered to him in every aspect I mean, I've seen God work in certain parts of a person's life, but not others because parts of it surrender not. And then things go wrong, and it's just this crazy roller coaster that they're in. They're like, they've got God over here, but they don't have God here. It's just, and it just creates chaos. You don't want to live like that. And I see so many people that do. And I've done it before myself. So I can't sit here and say I'm different because I'm not. But I promise you, there's victory if we walk in total surrender with Him and we have that total understanding of what a healthy fear is and that we keep that constant acknowledging who god is having that healthy fear of him will lead us to the next part of the process but those are the first two and we have to get a mindset for this and we got to practice it you can't just sort of know it you need to learn these verses i'm going to list these things in the notes follow this go back and read these notes read these verses spend some time with them and i'm not saying spend like read them once i'm telling you read them over and over and over and over and over and over don't read them until you kind of get them read them so many times and after you've got them keep reading them until you can't ever forget them because they're just stuck it's kind of like when you were a kid and somebody would read you a storybook over and over and over well you know what that's actually good practice to do with your bible read the same things over and over and over and they will stick with you you'll not only memorize them the holy spirit will just keep revealing things to you about them and increase your depth of knowledge and understanding and wisdom and connection because ultimately we strive and we really want that connection i mean that connection is the key connection is the key we want to have that connection with god that level of intimacy and to do that we've got to know the things of god and to know the things of god is you've got to know who he is and you have to fear him those are the first two parts here. And if you want to overcome this, be that overcomer that it says in verse 21 of revelation chapter three, we have to totally know who God is. And we've got to have some fear of him. And in that fear, we were totally surrendered. Those aspects, those key things I keep talking about, those characteristics, those are the things we need to keep coming back to. Just know this, if you do get off track and you walk down a road that you shouldn't have walked God will still be waiting there for you to come back to him. And he'll do that with open arms, just like he received the prodigal son. But that does not mean he won't make you start all over. That does not mean he's not going to make you go through some of this process again and go through some of the same training. It does not mean he's not going to discipline you and rebuke you at some point because he knows ultimately to transform you, you've got to get past this test. And obviously you didn't pass it the last time when you hit a certain point. So now you've got to pass it this time. And that is so important in this process. You've got to understand that that there is if this acknowledgement and this surrender thing's a big deal. And when we get off track, we always come back to the first part. This part right here. Acknowledging he who he is. He's the owner. He's the king. Getting a healthy fear of him again and being completely surrendered so that he can work in us. Just know you may be going through some of the same training, some of the same things again until you really get it. And that's the way sometimes training does work. And sometimes we need that. We're, we can be stubborn. We can be hard-headed. And we can be people who have hard hearts at times. And God needs to soften that soil. And it may take him a while to plow that soil up to get it fertile again, in the way that he wants to use it. So just know that. All right, just know that. But also know that God will always, always have his arms open to you to come back to him if you've walked away. Don't think there's no hope once you make a mistake or even if you've walked away from him for a while. He will embrace you again. But you're probably going to start your training over and you may be starting over from a certain point in life and you may there'll be some consequences to it. But if you surrender to him, and you acknowledge who he is, and you surrender, and you have that healthy fear. He'll walk you through it. You will get through it. I promise you that. You will get through it. It may not be pleasant at times, but he'll walk you through. And you have to trust him. And sometimes trust is not fun, but it gets you to the point where he wants. And again, it's turning that ownership over to him, and to have to say no to yourself, and not worrying about you know all these things in the world that we worry about you have to get that all surrendered to god give up that control give it up that you know that trying to possess it because ultimately he's the owner anyway you don't get to possess it everything you see here is temporary and even your pain even the hard things that you're going through they're temporary god has a amazing he has this ultimate amazing victory for you and i want you to be the person who gets to get that full reward when you when you die and you face him that's why i do this That's why God put in my heart to do this. It's all about you getting to the end and having that full reward that he has for you. I love every one of you that are out there listening. Even if I don't know you personally, I do. And the reason I love you is because God's called me to love you. And he's called me to speak to you. And he's called me to tell you this right here, that that reward at the end is worth more than any pain that you'll go through on earth. Remember, all the pain here is temporary. The reward is eternal let's work through this process of training in these first steps in that we learn to know who he is and to embrace that and to embrace a healthy fear of God so that that culture of training can take over. And we pass these early tests as God brings those into our life. So that we can continue in that process of connecting to him at a deeper level so that that one day when we do die and we go and face him that we will receive the eternal reward that he has for us this is what life is all about this is your purpose this is what you're here for all life is a test And it's a test so that we can claim the victory in Christ that we will have when we stand before him one day when we die. This is all of our callings. This is my calling to speak this on behalf of God to you. And it is also your calling to do the same for other people. Once you start passing these tests... Now it's time to start connecting to other people. We'll talk about that in later episodes. But for now, you need to establish that culture of training and realize that these first steps, it's all about who God is, acknowledging and bowing and embracing that and bowing before him in that and having that healthy fear of him so that all these other pieces matter. We want to make it count. And we have to get through these first parts of this process. Let's do that. Let's do that because that is what God has called us to do. Let's do that for the people that we're going to come in contact with later on. They're going to need the same thing. They're going to need us to help them do the exact same thing that God's doing with you right now. This is true discipleship. Imagine the power of real discipleship done in the way that I'm describing it and that every believer learns to truly know who God is, embrace and bow down before him and have that real fear of God, that healthy fear of him to help them stay connected and then be able to teach others to do the same. Imagine what will happen in the church. And imagine how discipleship will retake like it was supposed to in the beginning, in the beginning of the church, and how Paul and the other disciples did this. It is our job. We are called for this. Imagine what can happen here. Imagine the victory. Imagine the revival. Imagine the great harvest being fulfilled, the great commission being fulfilled. And imagine us all being a part of that. Imagine the reward that we will get for doing this. It's not just about the pain going through, but it's the fact that we're willing to go through that temporary pain and testing to get to the final reward, not only for ourselves, but for others. It is all about building God's kingdom, and we have to start with having that mindset of training in this first step of this process about knowing who God is and having that healthy fear of him. It all starts right here. Let's embrace that today, not just for ourselves, but for the people we're gonna come in contact with. Let's do this. Let's do it today. Let's not step backwards anymore. Let's make that commitment to God that we're gonna establish this healthy fear of him, that we're going to understand who he totally is. Let's do that today. God bless every one of you. Until next time, go forth in total surrender to the one who owns and reigns in all of creation.